Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Thank you. Um, what? Where's that? Oh, there we are. That's me. Hello, Buglers. Uh, how are you all? Good, uh, excellent. Welcome, uh, welcome to uh, welcome to the live bugle here at the Melbourne International uh, Comedy Festival. It's a great pleasure to be here uh, in this uh, this city where, sadly, some sad news has broken in the last three days. Um, a noodle restaurant has unfortunately closed down, and since that happened, uh, four and a half million Melburnians have just been desperately waiting for food. Um, there's nowhere else left in the city. To provide them with it, just waiting desperately for any UN airdrop. So if our crowd, for those of you listening at home, sounds a bit hungrier than usual, that is the reason why. So this is The Bugle Live, uh, the visual version of a show that has always prided itself on its complete lack of visuality. What the f*** are you people doing here? Um, And this uh, is Bugle 4066, and we are recording on the 22nd of April. Uh, 2018, and uh, this is the anniversary of uh, the 22nd of April in 1864, (laughs) Um, uh, which uh, was a a cracking year, Um, uh, and uh, on the 22nd of April in 1864, the US Congress passed the Coinage Act of 1864 that mandated uh, the inscription, In God We Trust, uh, should be placed on all coins uh, minted uh, as uh, US currency. Uh, and uh, here we go, uh, in God we trust. There it is. But they didn't, uh, they didn't entirely trust God, let's, uh, because they've also gone with a clever side bet of, um, yeah, with a side bet in overwhelming military firepower and <laughs> economic and cultural imperialism as well. Um, I mean, God, uh, to be honest, he is pretty shit at his job these days. So uh, it was a lovely gesture back in 1864, but uh, history has shown that they were sensible to uh, cover their backs a bit. Uh, also, um, some sensational birthdays uh, here in uh, the 22nd of April. Uh, let's start with, uh, here he is, Emmanuel Kant. Happy birthday to Emmanuel Kant. Any Emmanuel Kant fans in? Yeah. Uh, the uh, pro-philosopher, uh, the Prussian ponderer himself. Uh, terrific little philosopher, young uh, Imi, uh, and one of the earliest exponents of the idea that perpetual world peace could be secured through universal democracy and international cooperation. <laughs> priceless. Absolutely fing <laughs> priceless. He must be slapping his own forehead in his grave, thinking, how the f*** could I be so naive? Uh, also, uh, Immanuel Kant held reason to be the source of morality. Um, and uh, this is proved by modern contemporary politics, in fact, in which there is absolutely no reason and absolutely no morality. It kind of stacks up. Uh, also, we, of course, uh, Kant was uh, big into epistemology. Epistemology? Your epistemology, you should see a doctor. That could be serious. Um, <laughs> that is a joke. Uh, here we go. That's uh, the uh... next birthday. Here it is. Uh, Lenin! <laughs> There you are. Lenin. Um, um, for those of you watching this audially at home, the big joke there, which, I mean, just saying the word Lenin doesn't always get that big a laugh, to be honest, uh, is the picture is not entirely of Lenin, but is of uh, Mr. Jeremy Corbyn, the uh, 
very much his, uh, you know, his, uh, his spiritual descendant, according to <laughs> parts of the uh, British, British media. Uh, Lenin, of course, the early 20th century social influencer, as I believe we know now, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, poster boy of Leninism. Um, and uh, also, birthday today, it's uh, Helen Zaltzman. Is, uh, it's her birthday today. There we go. That is, uh, that is Helen Zaltzman. Uh, uh, today, also, is um, it's World Earth Day today. Um, are, you, uh, are you fans of Earth? Yep. Um, I mean, how, how do you put it in, in terms of planets within the solar system? Are we, are we still podium or...? Third. We'll take third. It's a medal, isn't it? It goes on the f***ing medals table. So, <laughs> um, third, so what, who do you think, sir? Who do you think of... Tom, Tom, get out there with the... What, what, I mean, who's... A, we're, we're third. Oh, yeah, Mercury first. Close Mercury to, first? Yeah, everybody tries to get close to the star, so... All right, okay. So, yeah, so Mercury is the closest planet to, yeah, to the Venus, stars. Then Earth. Right. Come I mean, I get further and further away from the stars as every year goes by. But... Bronze <laughs> again. <laughs> and second? Oh, uh, Venus. Venus. So you're very much going... This is a very heliocentric view of the solar system. So going for the ones closest to us. What is your issue with outer-lying planets, for f***'s sake? Is there not enough prejudice in this country already? Um, Coming in, stealing our gravity. They're stealing our gravity. They're coming over here, stealing our gravity, changing our orbit very slightly. Good, right, Okay. at least we've thought it through and you've got a reason. So it is Earth Day. Uh, this episode of The Bugle is a special Earth-themed bugle, in fact, dealing with issues relating to the Earth. Um, and uh, some Earth facts to get the, uh, get the show started for you. Uh, Earth has produced more Olympic medalists than any other planet. <laughs> this picture of the Earth uh, is, uh, shows the Earth in only two dimensions. Um, the Earth is not flat. Yet. <laughs> Uh, now, my, uh, the current theory is that flat earthers were not wrong, they were merely premature. Uh, the new astronomicalist uh, theory is that there is a new type of black hole called the steamroller, uh, which could flatten the earth like a child's pancake within the next 8 to 12 trillion years. Um, uh, it is also possible the earth used to be flat uh, when people first thought it was flat. Um, that's just a little while before Sky Fiddler Nicky Copernicus started banging on about it being round and shit. Uh, uh, and then it actually changed shape from flat to spherical as we know it today. Two explanations for this. One, the Earth hit middle age and just whoomph. (laughs) All that muscle straight around the midriff. Um, And the other is that God got pissed off with Earth not working the way he wanted it to and just screwed it up like a piece of paper, flung it out the window and it caught an orbit around the sun. So that's uh, that's not right off the loonies yet. Um, uh, Since I started this show, uh, sad news about the Earth, more than five mosquitoes have been radicalised to become malarial. Um, (laughs) And more than 2,000 bacteria have sadly passed away. You heartless bastards! <laughs> Typical humans. Um, all in all, uh, not bad for six days' work, wouldn't you say? A planet uh, of that quality. I think that's worth a round of applause, don't you? Round of applause for... Uh, uh, clearly too much sea, bit rushed at the end, and obviously some continents weren't properly finished. Were they, Australia? Uh, what about the f***ing middle bit? Um, far be it for me to criticise someone for doing a rush job to meet a deadline, but uh, still, uh, terrific, uh, terrific uh, effort from the big lad. And um, uh, Oh, in fact, just got, getting a message through on Twitter um, from God's Twitter feed. 
uh, at God Yahweh Allah Jehovah's use. That is interesting, isn't it? I mean, that is really, he's covering his bases there. Um, thanks, at Hello Buglus. Did my best. Not bad for a third go. Really good. The first two we all want, right? um, Recent planets, way better, but you always have a soft spot for the oldies. BTW, uh, love the show. Uh, always ready to listen when you come to your senses. Hashtag sorry about the end of your willy. Um, <laughs> hashtag rules is rules. <laughs> hashtag I actually meant, uh, meant it about the pigs and the prawns and shit. So, um, <laughs> of course, that's fake. That was 294 characters, not the uh, regulation 280. Uh, which, ironically, is the same number as Alistair Cook's highest score in Test cricket. So, uh, <laughs> join the dots, people. Um, <laughs> Although, admittedly, on the recent tour of Australia, he did bat as if he had borrowed someone else's limbs. <laughs> it's time to meet our co-host, and we're going to play Guess the Bugle co-host again, based on the following lies. Who could this possibly not be? Uh, lie number one. He has a tattoo of Malcolm Turnbull. <laughs> and you don't want to know where, but it does rather raise question marks about his political impartiality. <laughs> Um, considering metal detecting as a hobby, just think there might be a lot of metal uh, hidden somewhere. And uh, also rumoured suspects in the assassination of American President William McKinley. Uh, and who could these lies possibly be about? The answer is from Australia, Tom Ballard! <laughs> hi, everybody. Hi, Andy. Hi, Tom. Hi, Buglers. Welcome, Tom. Welcome. Oh, this is your walk-on music. I didn't put it loud enough. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, how, uh, how, how's your festival been? You've been just, I mean, doing weekends. Yes, I've, I have That's done a cheating. show this year. Yep. Uh, I've been too busy doing a TV show that nobody watches. <laughs> Pretty cool. Uh, anyone oh, here just... watch Tonightly? Yeah. Liars! I've seen the numbers. <laughs> These uh. are the numbers. <laughs> the numbers I've been looking for. I would dream of an audience this big. This would be huge. <laughs> it would be wonderful. But no, I've had a lovely time. I saw your show last night, Andy. It was very, 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 very to time. And, uh, <laughs> no, it was a joy. It was so good. And uh, yeah, I've just done two little charity shows and uh, it's, been a, it's been lovely. But though I miss, uh, I miss telling jokes for an hour every night, yeah. And so, um, so you've been doing Tonightly now, what, for about what, five or six months, is it? Uh, yeah, uh, December, since December, yes. All right, and, and have you cured all the problems in Australia? Right, good. Well, I'm glad that satire still works. So, uh, <laughs> clearly much more efficient than my old uh, Bugle partner, who's uh, still banging on. <laughs> Judas! <laughs> oh, America this, America that. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, like, guess the Bugle co-host number two. Uh, third in line to the Led Zeppelin drum seat. Just needs... Two more drummers to die, and she will be the official drummer of Led Zeppelin. Um, um, uh, also, reigning Northern Hemisphere Garden Bench Description Champion. Just amazing descriptions of benches. Very, uh, very evocative. And uh, rumoured suspect in the James A. Garfield assassination. I don't know what it is with my co-host being linked with the uh, less high profile of the four American presidential assassinations. But it is, for the first time ever on the Bugle, please give a huge Bugle welcome to the wonderful... Aditi Mittal! Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for... Oh, I'd use some walk-on music as well. Oh, sorry. Uh, should I go... 
There we go. <laughs> that is what is coming out of that radio in that photograph, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Traditionally, Eddie, the walk-on music has been played as people walk off. I know, Tom, but look, I only started trying to do this last week. <laughs> I think I'm doing quite well in the circumstances. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> last week, it was about five past two. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's, it's longer than it's... Oh, there it is. It's finished now. It has now finished. So, uh, right, I think it is now time for the... Uh, <laughs> there's too many things to press. I'm like, right. DJ it... Zaltzman, press that button. <laughs> right, here we go. Bingo. Top story this week. Nailed it. Um... <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, well, the top story this week is, well, if there's one thing the United Kingdom has proved itself good at over and over again through the years, it is welcoming people from all around the universe to our God-given shores with open arms, <laughs> open hearts, and open return tickets to wherever the f*** they came from. <laughs> Even if it is six decades from when they arrived. <laughs> now, the, uh, the Windrush story has been, uh, been quite... Quite spectacular. Um, uh, and uh, we've basically been trying to send people back to the West Indies who arrived in Britain uh, sort of between 1948 and 1970. And I think it, is, it was all part of the subtext of the Brexit vote, that we had this very vaguely worded referendum, should we leave the EU or remain in the EU? And what, what, when, when the leave box, the subtext that you couldn't see on the ballot paper was, and become even more of a heartless f***ing c*** than we were before. So, <laughs> Um, it's, and uh, there's a glorious bureaucratic angle on this um, in uh, which um, the, uh, the government has ba- basically they've been, um, for some years now, there's been kind of various clod-brained supermarket economy ham-fisted attempts to deport people who've lived in, in, the, in Britain, not just for weeks, not just for months, not just for years, not even for decades, but for decades, several decades. Um, <laughs> and... Despite being in the UK legally, we've threatened them with deportation. We've denied them access to health service treatment, benefits and pensions and stripped them of their jobs. And there is no finer way uh, to apologise for the injustices of empire that we perpetrated on other people than by treating them like total shit. So it's um, (laughs) a strange time for... uh, for, for Britain. I believe there's some Indigenous Australians who are trying to get something going with the first fleet generation as well. <laughs> Sorry, mate, you don't have the paperwork. Move on. You can't just yell terra nullius at my face. Move on, buddy. <laughs> Keep on heading out. I love how Britain just thinks they can send people back like it's food at a restaurant, just saying, <laughs> I'm full. You've got to send it back there. That's no oh, good. We are far more tolerant of food in restaurants. Have you seen that? <laughs> kind of shit we eat. Tom, Tom, Tom. Scottish restaurants. I mean, has, I mean, basically, you could have a murder scene on a plate and people would just lap it up. No, you know? no, 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 right. no. It needs to be deep fried first. Deep, a deep, <laughs> deep fried murder scene, <laughs> or as it's also known, haggis. There we go. Boom, a little uh, Scottish food joke. So, um, uh, Aditi, uh, of course, uh, as an as an Indian, um, you have been uh, you're the lucky recipient of the wisdom of empire over yeah. I'm still waiting for the thank you card but no, no, no. I think one of my favourite things about being a part of the commonwealth was that our wealth was yours and your wealth was yours <laughs> just looking it after for you although you know I have to say I think that this it's almost like the douchebaggery is like it's generational because uh, uh, now it's as, as an Indian I don't think I can move anywhere in England without someone very well-meaning, very well-intentioned, being like, oh my God, you're from India. 
But your English is really good. <laughs> When did you learn? <laughs> And I'm like, how do you not know this? You shoved the language down our throat for 200 years. <laughs> I'm like this is this a thing that the british culture in general has such a short like a collective short term memory so tiny that halfway through colonization they forgot why like they were like why are we making you all slaves come <laughs> where's the tax thing yeah. money coming from like <laughs> and that's when we spread cricket to everyone just to uh, <laughs> make sense of the whole shimozzle so um no i have i have to say this i i think one of my favorite drawbacks of colonialism has been the fact that uh you'll shove the language down our throats so now whenever like someone's racially abusing us we know exactly what they're saying <laughs> but the thing is they never know what we're saying cuz we <laughs> <laughs> well i found this when i did uh, i did stand up in in india and a lot of indian stand ups do um setups in english and punchlines in hindi <laughs> and it did feel like it was a deliberate code to <laughs> Uh, Andy, we were talking about you the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it's been uh, it's, your, it's your first time in Australia, isn't it? That's right. And what what have you uh, you've been here what just a few days? What what have you made? Uh, of it? Like this is my fifth day, sixth day in Australia. I've uh, uh, I've tried to kiss a koala uh, with consent. Um, <laughs> the best way. Yeah, the only way. You know, Tonza, I, I I was under the impression that their breath would be a lot more lozengy because of all the like. <laughs> about the eucalyptus eating or whatever no <laughs> no it's called chlamydia and uh, <laughs> and i'm going to have to get tested after this so you can kiss a koala on the cheek it doesn't have to be fully on the lips i think no one tell you that you don't know how to love like an indian actor <laughs> <laughs> i think i think my wife said that in her wedding speech <laughs> I might use that as a show title someday. So, um, uh, Tom, you've been in Australia for what uh, 28 years now. 28 what have, years. What have yeah. you made of it? I'm on the fence. Um, <laughs> I tried to kiss a koala, and <laughs> the people talk funny. It's weird, <laughs> but that's no, all right. It'll do. Um, we've been demanding proof of residency from um, uh, some of these <laughs> supposed. Uh, some of these, let's call them what they are: British people. Um, <laughs> But demanding proof of residency for uh, every, every single year of, for example, the 1960s, which is just the kind of basic paperwork that the ordinary British person keeps stapled to their ribcage, because <laughs> you don't know when you're going to need to prove your identity from the 60s. You know when the FBI are going to turn up at your door and demand to know exactly where you were on the 22nd of November 1963, so they can rule you out of their inquiries into the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> Well, I think it's only Lincoln left, isn't it? <laughs> got to get a Lincoln joke in somewhere. Right? Um, hey, Andy, if you've got paperwork from the '60s, you weren't there, man. <laughs> um, uh, the problem is uh, the proof that people had of their arrival in Britain, their landing cards, and the initial journey were treated like the logistically important and historically irreplaceable documents uh, they are. If and only if you leave your historically irreplaceable documents in the care of Islamic state um who don't seem to have a huge affection for uh, stuff from eras gone by or a museum director who just hates his job and wants to destroy all physical elements of human existence they basically threw them away now um i'm not a technical expert as i believe i've proved during this show but you know i i think it's actually a bit strange to me that uh Are they so insistent on like paper paperwork considering half the communication that happens in the British public is apparently through a bus? Ah uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> have you like uh there's in this story itself right there was that uh 
There we go. Oh, oh, oh that's, that's it. Oh, there's the headline. Whoops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> forgot to do that. Should have done that at the start, shouldn't I? There we go. I mean, that took me a, a long time last night. Oh, well, come on. There we go. So here we are. This is, this is one, of the, one of the vehicles that uh, Ter- Theresa May, when she was Home Secretary in 2013. There we go. Welcome. Has she heard of the internet? Is that a thing? <laughs> all, all the young kids are not on the internet now. They are looking out of windows, spotting vans. <laughs> that is the big hobby now. It says, the, the van uh, for the dear listeners at home, it says, in the UK, illegally, go home or face arrest. And there's a story this week that apparently uh, Theresa May intervened to make the language more intense, like to either strengthen it up, toughen up it a little bit. Originally, you know, it's a British science, so originally just said, excuse me, terribly sorry about all this. <laughs> Would you mind perhaps considering returning to a place of origin at your earliest convenience, what, what? And just a picture of... <laughs> just a picture of a crumpet. It made no sense at all. <laughs> So I'm glad that she got involved and sort of clarified what you've done. Yeah. So with the traffic in London, I mean, that's, that is really only going to reach about eight people at a bus stop. <laughs> the true meaning, uh, in case you're wondering what the subtext of Go Home or Face to Rest uh, is, this is the uh, subtext of it now. Here it is. Uh... <laughs> you're making me homesick. <laughs> Classic British double bird. Um, um, quick Brexit update. Um, uh, the latest phase of negotiations has seen Boris Johnson, our prank foreign secretary, um, <laughs> stripping down to his speedos, jumping onto a table and singing I Will Survive uh, before saying You'll Go Europe. Uh, so it still seems to be locked very much at the uh, swimming trunks phase. It's a bizarre... Uh, th- uh, who, who's British here? And, um... (laughs) (laughs) Who's proud to be British here? (laughs) No one who's proud to be British will have left Britain. (laughs) We're kind of huddled somewhere in Leicestershire. Just to make sure that the Romans have definitely left. (laughs) Um... Uh, <laughs> to be fair, the, back in the day, the people who were proud to be British, British did a lot of leaving of Britain, <laughs> or I guess a spreading of Britain. Yes. Yeah. Helping other people to be equally proud to be British. Yeah. Um, but fundamentally, Brexit at the moment, we are fumbling around. It is, uh, we are essentially like some kind of drunken, horny, teenage male Goldilocks sticking his penis into a series of different electrical sockets <laughs> until he finds the one that is either just right or soothingly fatal. <laughs> Um, now, of course, uh, here in Australia, um, Tom, you, you also have a proud history of um, maltreating visitors, shall uh, we say. Uh, I think you'll find that we also welcome people with open arms <laughs> and have a wonderful time. I think, because you guys aren't too bad, your, your cultural, your national dish is chicken tikka masala, right? Yes. As opposed to our cultural dish, which is white bread and coon cheese. Like... <laughs> I, don't, I think we're doing okay. Your guys are doing okay, comparatively. We do a thing that's similar to the Windrush generation where we send uh, Kiwis home. Uh, people will come here when they're kids. New Zealanders will come here as a kid and they'll basically spend their entire life in Australia and they'll happen to commit a crime and then when they come out of prison, we deport them immediately. We send them back to New Zealand even though we made them into criminals. Those are bloody proud, dinky-die Australian criminals... We're exporting our best. It's like Barry Humphreys and Jermaine Greer all over again. I mean, I know they're criminals, but no one deserves to go to New Zealand, people. (laughs) (laughs) 
two claps, I'll take it. Um, and I don't think that the criminals, they're not, they're not going to survive in New Zealand, the Kiwi criminals. There's nothing there to steal. The whole economy's based on bungee jumping and friendship, you know? It's not going to work. Over the past three years, Australia has deported 1,023 Kiwis and New Zealand has deported eight Australians. <laughs> that is a trade deficit, if ever I've seen one. <laughs> a thousand Kiwis worth eight Australians. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so we're doing great, uh, immigration-wise. Thank you, Andy. That's the update. And have you heard about Peter Dutton, our uh, Home Affairs Minister? And he's, um, he's focused on white South African fathers. <laughs> well... <laughs> When will someone stand up for their rights? <laughs> uh, speaking as the grand- grandson of a white South African farmer. <laughs> oh, but he was Jewish as well, so it balances out. <laughs> the scales of history. This is, he's been out there saying that, you know, Australia should pay, pay special attention to the plight of white, Austra- white uh, South African farmers. And this is, it's very strange. Peter Dutton taking an active interest in resettling refugees is very weird. <laughs> It's like Donald Trump having an interest in exercise. <laughs> it's like James Bond ordering a stirred martini. <laughs> it's like... One more. Uh, only one, Tom. Do you not understand this show? You have to flog this dead horse until it is on a Frenchman's place in a restaurant. It's like the band TLC suddenly becoming very pro-scrubs. Do you see what I'm saying? Worth it. F***ing worth it. I've won awards. Tonightly, 9pm. I think it's fair enough, though, because when you think of South Africa, you know, your first thought is, oh, the white people, you know, those poor... (laughs) It's like when you think about the West Bank, your first thought is, gosh, it must be noisy for those Israelis, isn't it? You know what I mean? (laughs) Are there any other aspects of my family heritage you wish to have a I'm done. Thank you. Oh, good. Okay. There we go. Support for The Bugle is brought to you by Simply Safe. Home security done right. Do you like being secure in your home? Yes, me too. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Simply Safe is home security you will actually want. And if you hold the kind of deep state info this show does, you'll really need. It is comprehensive protection for all your windows, all your doors, all your entire home. It's built with all kinds of really intelligent backups for if you lose power or the internet or if the dinosaurs come back. And it's also reasonably priced. There are no contracts, I repeat, no contracts. Its thoughtful design and tiny sensors mean your home is protected and you'll never notice Simply Safe is even there. Learn more about how Simply Safe can help you protect your home. Go to simplysafe.com/bugle simplysafe.com slash bugle quick question uh, what the f*** am I doing with my life uh, right let's move on uh, we're going to move on now to uh, Aditi let's talk about the internet in India perhaps India's greatest invention, invention. Yep. Um, that's right in, to, in India 2018 I mentioned the year because of the fact that the chief minister of the Indian state of Tripura Biplab Kumar Deb I know everyone's like how is she pronouncing that um, <laughs> while inaugurating a two-day workshop on the computerization of public distribution systems, claimed internet and satellite communication had existed in the days of the Mahabharata. Mahabharata is the Hindu mythological text. Um, and the idea behind it was that there was a, a part of the Mahabharata where there was a war going on, and there was a king sitting in, in, like, in his king chair or whatever. 
and he had he had this guy next to him who was giving him live updates of the of the war uh, and so the uh, that proves that we clearly had internet um <laughs> I'm like, unless he was live tweeting it, there is no chance that he knew anything. And <laughs> this is, and you know, let me say this: uh, maybe the internet did exist during ancient India, uh, but as someone who is in the age of the internet currently, ancient India does not exist right now. <laughs> like, um, it's and it's really sad to me that he said this at a workshop where they were computerizing public distribution systems. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like I, it's so mean. It's so cruel that one, the one place where you're like, actually, this shit's been done. <laughs> like years ago, everyone. Sorry, too Bored. much work. <laughs> and it's very weird. Uh, also, because for us to claim to have invented the internet is a bit bizarre. Because uh, we've also had the highest number of internet shutdowns uh, in in the world in 2017. So I'm like, even if it was around during like ancient Indian war, it would probably be shut down during that time as well. India, I think, has the highest number of most things in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of us. Numbers are on your side. <laughs> I, think, I think they did have the internet in ancient India, but they just used it to look up the Kama Sutra. I think that was... <laughs> you know, that's, I, yeah, I mean, we were the first ones in history who, in the middle of sex, were like, this is amazing, let's make notes. Like... <laughs> you know? Well, and, I mean, if... You just, like, that's why they had doggy style, because both partners, like... <laughs> I'm really struggling with. Sorry about that. That was, that was not supposed to happen, interrupting your... Uh... <laughs> Start with your immature sound effects, Andy. And then he's doing a joke, a joke about doggy style. Come on, yeah. Um, just a family show, just trying to censor it out. Uh, but I think if India did invent the internet in ancient history, it would explain... Oh, we got, I mean, everyone wanted to hear that. <laughs> no, stop it! Stop it! <laughs> this... <laughs> Here it is. If... Right, let's get back to the joke. If... <laughs> like, cause our Prime Minister in 2014 said that, uh, you know, uh, plastic surgery was invented in ancient India because we have a story in... Uh, uh, mythology where there was a this guy cut off his own son's head and then and then wait for it and then attached an elephant's head to it and that's how we have our elephant god or whatever and I'm like happy birthday son <laughs> and it makes me wonder I'm like what like this is not like attaching someone's head anew is not plastic surgery that's some Frankenstein level shit like it's like new nose new boobs that's plastic surgery but um, to be fair an elephant's head is the ultimate nose job <laughs> Well said, well said. <laughs> and look, I don't think uh, plastic surgery existed in ancient India, primarily because if it did, uh, we would have all made ourselves white. <laughs> 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 we do not like us. <laughs> I did some research, Andy, and some other things from today were actually invented in the ancient world. Uh, when everyone stood up and was like, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. That was the invention of Facebook. Um, <laughs> Jet skis were invented when Jesus walked on water. And yes! uh, sorry to mention Jesus, I know it's a trigger for you, Andy. And uh, that's all right. Prominent turn of the first millennium Middle East-based magician and raconteur. That's the one. <laughs> he was he was the Middle East's first content creator. <laughs> he went viral, yeah. And I guess the commandments are like a BuzzFeed listicle kind of thing. That's right. Yes. And when everyone was going out in Sodom and Gomorrah, that was the invention of Grinder. So the, you know these are. <laughs> 
These are facts. It's good to know everyone. I thought Grinder was a, a, an app that put you in touch with really defensive opening batsmen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joke for okay. fans I'm, out there. I'm counting that as homophobia, okay? <laughs> I didn't understand it. Do not bring your sick lifestyle into my world, sir. How are we going to explain this to the children? <laughs> what, defensive batting or homosexuality? Yes! I mean, they've grown up in the age of the IPL, Adit. It's going to be very hard for them to understand. He's three not out after an hour and a half, but he's playing well. What can you not understand about that? Said, uh, the education minister of the state of Rajasthan said that cows breathe in oxygen and breathe out oxygen. And that is why they are like really holy. Um, which is a thing, I can't believe we're not worshipping outright oxygen tanks yet. Um, but it, it just makes me so sad. And the funny thing is, after promoting all these random hoaxes as like you can strap a cow on your back and go diving and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Is that, is that when shit goes down for them? Like, the moment they have a scratch, they'll fly off to London to get medical help. And I'm like, this is unfair. I'm drinking cow urine for my own urinary tract infection. Anyway. Um, this is not that kind of show, Andy. Stop it. Tom, do you want to talk about Anzac Day? Oh, sure, yep. Yep, that's where comedy lives. Um... <laughs> I don't think this has ever got an ABC presenter in trouble before. <laughs> and clench. <laughs> Super outraged news now. Some folks are very outraged, Andy, that the film Avengers Infinity War is going to be released this Wednesday in Australian cinemas, which is, of course, Anzac Day. Anzac Day is a very day of solemn remembrance uh, for us, uh, of our fallen soldiers. Also, a day of solemn drinking, solemn... <laughs> gambling, and the solemn eating of delicious piggies. Now, I am also outraged that Infinity War is coming out on Anzac Day. On Anzac Day, the only Infinity War I know what be thinking about is the Iraq War. So, oh, shit. Shit joke. Good point. Come on. Tonightly, 9pm. Or catch up on iView. I think this is a disgrace to our soldiers, Andy. Right? Think about Gallipoli. It was, you know, it was a really dark and gritty battle. They're clearly bigger fans of the DC universe. And, uh... <laughs> Carl Stefanova. You wear a Carl Stefanova candy? Have you met this fella? No. Brilliant. I'd like to get you involved. I've got a bad leg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's has a breakfast television show here in Australia called Today. He was very furious. He went on a big rant uh, on air saying, Films traditionally in this country open on a Thursday. Event cinemas bringing the release a day early smacks to me of a grubby cash grab. Now, here's Laura with a fantastic new offer from the good people at Nutribullet. <laughs> and he said at this rant, this is a direct quote from Carl Sado, he said, I love Thor, but let's remember and respect what Anzac Day is really for. <laughs> War poetry really isn't what it used to be, is it? <laughs> I love Iron Man, but on Anzac Day, you should be crying, man. <laughs> Reminds you of the ode. They will not grow old as we that are left grow old because of their freaky mutant powers. Right, I'm not sure about that one at all. <laughs> and he said people should boycott the day. Like, boycott uh, seeing Infinity Wars on Anzac Day. 
and go to a dawn service instead. Which, unless they're doing dawn screenings of the film, <laughs> I think you'll be able to do fine. And maybe the big lesson is that Anzac Day, you know, needs to sort of step up to the competition. Like, if they want to get young people excited... Uh, but no. Uh, if they want to get young people invested in learning about, you know, fallen heroes, maybe they just got to, you know, work in a few more, like, cool powers for some of our fallen heroes, you know? If like you're competing with aliens and a dude in an iron suit, like, what have the diggers got? Mate chip and a donkey? You're not going to compete. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> he was never seen again. Oh, could they not, not do it the other way around, where the Avengers balls up their campaign due to failing to coordinate their watches? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, we failed to do any real good quality avenging this film, but uh, I blame Winston Churchill. Uh, let's introduce our, our third uh, third co-host of, of today's Bugle. We attempted to introduce him last week and he didn't entirely work, so let's hope for uh, better this week. Uh, all the way from the United States of America, your friend and mine, as printed out cell by cell uh, on, uh, on my 3D printer, here is the fully functioning brain of American President Donald Trump. So, uh, Amazing that you have that. You were considering, are we going to bump him because we've run out of time? <laughs> uh, anyway, Donald, uh, are you all right? Hello, Andy. Hello, hello, Donald. Um, you want to say hello to the audience? Hello, Buglers. Hello, Buglers. Yeah, that's nice. Um, right, here we go. Uh, so, uh, Donald, it's great. It's lovely to have you on the show. It's my great honour to be a guest on the Bugle. Right, good. <laughs> so, um, that time, do, you, do you think you, I mean, you, it's not really your target demographic, a, a podcast listening crowd? They will not like me at all, and that's okay. okay. You've left the liberal losers. Okay, so, um, uh, so, um, anyway, Donald. Yes, and um, just, uh, I think it's time maybe to reflect on your, your, your first year or so in charge. What, what do you think uh, your, your first uh, year and a quarter will be most uh, remembered for? Reforms that lower the freedom, choice, and opportunity for the American people. All right, and, um, I mean, what's the ultimate goal now of your, your first term in office? We must fire all Muslims into space. <laughs> Well, it's all starting to uh, stack up now, um, and, uh, and, and the recent uh, um, uh, bombings in, 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 in Syria, there's been some claims that they, they were not in accordance with uh, international law. Stupid fucking laws. You just don't like laws. They make my fucking life very, very difficult. That's been clear throughout your presidency, Donald. But what do you think, uh, you know, if there's one, you know, maybe one thing you'd be more remembered for than anything else so far, what would it be? The hands. Oh, the hands, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My frankly disgusting hands. And, and what's your proudest achievement so far? We've made historic progress in crushing the spirit of the American public <laughs> at a faster clip than ever before, by far. And uh, you know what other you know, other things that uh, you think you'll be most of defined by at the moment? Russia. Russia. Yeah. Anything else? Peep peep. Okay. And, and, <laughs> But if there was one thing so far, the defining aspect of your presidency, what would it be? Me being a total gravity-defying uranium-level... <laughs> <Okay. laughs> 
Well, at least that's honest. Uh, and that's an appropriate way for an American president to behave. I keep my campaign promises. Yeah, I guess you did lay that card very firmly on the table. So, um... <laughs> um, uh, Donald, um... Uh, there's been... S- many people have claimed that you're rather loose with the truth. Do you know a single fact? Only one. One fact? And what is your one fact? Halloween. Well, it's about Halloween, is it? And could you like share your Halloween fact with the audience here in Australia? Did you know that Halloween yeah. began when Hillary Clinton... Yep. Turned a totally innocent little child right. into a very bad quality wooden desk. Hillary, Hillary Clinton turned turned a child into a into a desk. Yes, yes, yes. All right, that definitely happened. To the best of my knowledge, yes. Yep. To the best of your knowledge, is very different to what actually happening. But uh, but. And then what happened after that? She ate the whole fucking thing in one huge mouthful. <laughs> Hillary Clinton ate the desk child. It was a horrible thing to watch. Well, I don't doubt that for a second. But I mean, at least, I mean, many people wish Hillary had been become president instead of you. I mean, she had more experience of the international world that you struggle with a bit. I mean, how are you getting on with your neighbours in Canada right now? I don't know fucking anything about Canada. Nothing at all. What is Canada? Is it a disease? No, it's, it's not a disease. Or maybe a type of motorbike. No, it's not a type of motorbike either. Can I put my cock in its... No! <laughs> you cannot put your cock in Canada, as Johnny Cash famously sang. Yeah. A shame. Really a shame. Um, so... Spashiba. Uh, oh, all right, OK, um... Uh, Tom, I think um, so. Well, maybe just time for you. You, you can meet our, our, our co-hosts, uh, Donald. Uh, firstly, uh, Tom Ballard here. Hello, Tom. Um, and Hello. Um, uh, Tom's been doing his own uh, uh, his own you know satirical uh, daily TV show here. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so. Quite patronising, Donald. Yeah, so. Hard to believe. But um, no, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you know you. <laughs> You know, if you want to enjoy this more, just imagine Andy practicing this in front of the mirror. <laughs> but uh, so you're, you're, not, you're not you're not a fan of uh, of Tom's work. I like Tom. Okay, you like Tom. I mean, we have a lot in common. You have a lot in common. Wow. Right. What, what, what do you what do you have in common? Neither of us likes women. <laughs> in our own different ways. Yes. Uh, have you got any questions for uh, for Donald? Uh, yes, Mr. Yeah. President. Mr. Yeah. President, it's a pleasure to meet you. I was just wondering, you know, you've been very successful in politics, having had no experience at all. You've become the president of the US. I just wonder if you have any advice for people out there who want to get into politics themselves. It's a great question. Thank you. Simple, fair, and easy to understand. So, uh, so, so what's your advice if people want to get into politics? All you have to do is just abandon your voice, your hopes, your dreams, and above all else, your values and principles. So, I mean, just to boil that down, what do you got to do? You must act like a complete bastard. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Hang on. You couldn't get a clip of him just saying bastard? No. <laughs> no, no. To be honest, no. Well, anyway, uh, it, was, uh, it, it was late. And uh, our... Uh, our uh, uh, t- uh, Donald, I know you're a massive fan of our other guest as well. Middle... <laughs> 
Did I pronounce is that right, by the way? No, I'm not sure you did pronounce it right. Uh, have you got, any, got anything to say to Aditi? We do not under any circumstances We're attempt to move to America. <laughs> Anyway, oh, this is my job. Uh, now let's uh, quickly move on to uh, Donald. Uh, I know you're a massive cricket fan. Uh, who's your favourite uh, Australian cricketer? Shane Warne. Shane Warne, all right, interesting, yeah. He has a very strange face these days. Yeah, doesn't... He's had so, but don't face shame the greatest leg spinner of all time. And, um, um, and who is your favourite uh, Australian cricket commentator? Richie Benno. Richie Benno, all right. And, um, I mean, everyone can do a Richie Benno impression. Uh, we, we hear your... Your, um, your Richie Benno impression. Two. Two This is my nightmare. Donald Trump talking about cricket. What a catch. Um, uh, please, uh, before we end with Donald, uh, please show appreciation for my... T- any, any final... Comments to the audience here, other than uh, apologising on behalf of what I have done in this show. <laughs> uh, no, this has been lovely. It's been very nice. Dude, I look like I give a ship. I'm not sure that cauliflower is leaving alive. <laughs> Uh, Aditi, it's been an absolute delight having you on uh, The Bugle for the first time. Um, uh, and, well, I hope you've enjoyed Australia. Do come back on, on the show at a time when uh, I've got used to using technology from after the typewriter. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and uh, I've been told by every dude that I encountered once I told them uh, that I was doing The Bugle, I just attracted an, ad- an audience of, like, engineer, nerd cricketer dudes that I've never attracted in my life before. Uh, and uh, the one thing that they told me to say on the podcast for sure was, F*** you, Chris. <laughs> that is correct. Your initiation is now complete. Um. Thanks for coming. Thanks for Tom. Aditi Mittal, Tom Ballard, the cauliflower brain of Donald Trump. Please give it up for Andy Zaltzman. And Bill Gates. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.